three. Anytime you beat the Dodgers, it's a good night in Phoenix. And that was uh, the scene last night. Greg Schulte on the call. Sergio Alcantara's uh, walk-off heroics here to talk Diamondbacks baseball with us, uh, as he does every Thursday, the president and CEO of the D-backs, Derek Hall. Derek, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. It's good to talk after a win on a Wednesday night. I mean, we, we own those guys of late. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed you do. I'll, I'll tell you, those, those first, I don't want to uh, just dwell on the negative. Those first two games were a little rough, Derek. Yeah, they were. I mean, you know, we, we certainly kept game two close, but uh, to, to go to, to not get a run across the plate those first two games was frustrating for sure. But that's just how good they are. We give them a lot of credit for their lineup, but the Dodgers have one of the best pitching staffs too, as evident again last night. But they are so good. It was just a good building block again for these guys and to be able to to walk off and celebrate these youngsters at, at home plate was so much fun to see. Yeah, Tuesday night, they get a chance to clinch the division. They do it on your field, and I know a lot of people harken back to 2013. We know what happened when that same scenario unfolded. Behind the scenes, is is there any discussion between the organizations like, hey, let's not repeat what happened in 2013? Did that, did that go on, Derek? We, well, we do talk about it, and I, I could tell you, Vince, this time, because the directive really came from me, like, don't you know, don't, don't arm the place, right? Don't, don't keep them from jumping to the pool if they want to. But we also heard beforehand that, you know, Dave Roberts, no surprise because he's class act. And, you know, I, I worked with the Dodgers when he was a player there and he's one of the best guys you'll meet. And he had said, we're not going to jump in the pool. That's not who this team is. And, and I don't believe they are either. And you go, you know, you look around their lineup and around the infield and outfield and on their bench. Those are, those are good guys. Those are guys that respect the game. We weren't worried about it. What we were more worried about, and it was our, our law enforcement that we work with we had heard that player or that fans want to jump in to protect the pool and uh, we thought all right just to protect fans and make sure they don't get injured let, let's have a little presence there but it wasn't about the Dodgers and they did a great job they celebrated you know around the mound in a very classy way and it was good for our guys too to be able to stand on the top step the entire time and watch and say I want to be there that's a good thing because you don't like anybody celebrating on your field everybody in our division seems to to have the Dodgers celebrate on their field winning you know what is it nine out of the last ten yeah um and i think we've had three or four and it's frustrating but it's also a, a heck of a way for our guys to say that's who i want to be and i'm going to get there i still don't know why back in the day you guys didn't make a big scene out of having to disinfect and clean that pool you could have <laughs> sent dudes in in hazmat suits you could have like bill, you, murray, and like bill murray and caddyshack you yeah. could have pulled out a baby ruth from the bottom of the pool <laughs> it would have been a great bit of trolling all right let's move on uh unless you want to unless you want to address side. No, I don't other than I made a few shots back then on social media and I got buried by Dodger fans. I probably deserved it, but I, I stood Good. up for us. I stood Good. up for our pool at our, at our facility and I got crushed. All right. So I want to talk about Jake McCarthy because when Jake McCarthy came up, I thought he was just going to be a, a, a placeholder for Corbin Carroll and it turns out the kid's got a lot of game and he's a great athlete and now Cameron Payne loves him. Tell us about that yeah. relationship between those two guys. Vic, it was so cool. I mean, on the Mikhail Bridges appreciation night when Cam came out here, too, and, and McCarthy had such a big game, and then we find out that Cam just loves him, and, and he's going crazy in the suite. So then, you know, he invites him back out, and Cam comes out last night with a group of friends, and, and he's, I mean, he, he's in front of me, and I didn't want to bother him, but I'm watching him the whole time. Dick, it's genuine, and this guy is into it. And here comes McCarthy to step on deck, and he's he's 
fist pumping him through the through the fencing, and you know, and then Cam's getting up and putting on different jerseys and holding up jerseys, and he was <laughs> out there at the end of the game celebrating with our guys. And one of the first things Tori did was run over and hug him. It's a great thing. I mean, I've got you know chills just thinking about it. These guys, whether you know Suns, Cardinals, Coyotes, Mercury, whatever, their athletes are our athletes. They're part of our family. We you know we enjoy being that team. Come on out here and be a part of it. And for these guys, the Suns to be embracing our young players, it is so cool. And again, like I said, we respect the heck out of them and all they've done. And they've had the youth movement as well. It's fun to see this little brotherhood from across the street. I'm talking with Derek Hall, president and CEO of the Diamondbacks. And I want to continue on Jake McCarthy. And I think Bick kind of hit, hit the nail on the head that uh, he's got an opportunity and he's grasped it. I mean, his numbers among National League rookies, he's got one of the top Stunning. OBS numbers. Yeah. The way he plays the game, obviously, he, he, it's infectious for the fans to watch. But I'm looking at the situation in the outfield and, and, and you throw Stone Garrett into the mix. And then you think about Paven Smith rec- uh, coming back from an injury. There's a little bit of a numbers crunch going into 20. <laughs> 2023 isn't there? there there is and that's a good thing as we you know look to to work on the roster and the the options that you have but but you're right i mean he has proven his worth he's proven how much value he has and it's it's both defensively and offensively he's so exciting and look what he did last night in the ninth inning i mean he he steals second after getting on base to lead off the inning he steals second you know he gets to third base and then he tries to win it by with a, a attempted steal of home I hope personally he continues to do that. You know, he was out. There was a challenge. It's arguable whether there was a blocking of the plate, whatever, that they didn't have a lane. Mm-hmm. The fact that he tried to win that game with a, with an attempted steal of home is exciting. And that's how our team is, is right now. Now, the other team may have been laughing at it. I don't know. But what I hope is we're getting in the heads of the opposition to say, wow, I mean, they're, they're wreaking havoc on the, on the base paths. They have to worry about our, our runners and, and our, our uh, offense a little bit, our young players, because they know it's unpredictable. They're going to lay down bunts. They're going to be hitting and running. They're going to be in motion. That's an exciting style of play, and someone like Jake McCarthy is leading the way with it. All right, Dre Jamison is going to become the third pitcher to start a game in his Major League debut this season. We've seen Tommy Henry do it. We saw Ryan Nelson do it. Well, what can you tell us about Dre Jamison? Well, well, first I could tell you, Bick, as I've always said to you, we don't want to put a kid in a tough situation, so go ahead and go get him. Here are the Padres. You know, have fun with Machado, yeah. and Soto, and Cronenworth, and Bell, uh-huh. just like we did Ryan Nelson. Yeah, but but I could tell you, he, um, you know, when we drafted him in 2019, and I, I, I want to say from Ball State, he, he was an explosive pitcher, and, and he was the type of kid where we were thinking, boy, let's draft him either as a starter or develop him as a reliever because he's got that really big live arm. And, I mean, he sits, you know, mid to upper 90s, and he's got a great changeup. I mean, four-seamer, two-seamer. Um, you're going to see this guy, He, you know, hopefully he, he can calm the nerves. It's always tough at first start, but this kid has just this this moving changeup that just drops off the table. He's got some pretty good off-speed pitches like slider curveball, but I think you're going to be really impressed with his, his composure, his size, his big arm. Yeah, I want to talk about another rookie pitcher who's got quite the streak going himself. Ryan Nelson's been almost unhittable in, in his start so far. How pleased have you been with, with that experiment so far? Completely. I mean, Vince, you know, we talked about it a few weeks back. We said, I love seeing these young kids come up and they're showing offensively and defensively what they can do. And by the way, I want to say this again before I answer the question. Last night, we could talk about the pitching and the pitching was spectacular. I mean, Davies did a good job keeping a minute. Maranta got the win. You know, Mantiply was great. Ginkle was great. Caleb Smith was great. But it was the defense. I mean, the plays that, 
that that Corbin made. I, I I don't know if most would even track down those plays. I know. Balls in left field and Thomas, what he did in center field and Perdomo knocking down that ball. So I mean, we've said all along these position players are exciting, but like I said, this a couple weeks back. We haven't even seen our pitchers yet, you know. So to see Tommy Henry come up and he was effective, especially early on, and and now we're going to get to see, you know, we're, we're going to get to see Dre, and we've got Ryan Nelson who came up and did such a great job against two really really good teams in the Padres and the Dodgers, and there's still guys like Jarvis and Fott, you know, and and Walston who are ready to come up. I'm telling you, this is a really exciting time for our fans because we are going to have so many homegrown talented players that are going to be for positions next year and, and competing in spring because you're starting to see it. You're seeing the talent and they're all rising up together because they've gone through the ranks together. They're learning how to win at the minor league level together. And then you got guys like, like Jameson and, and Dick, you just asked about him. He moved up quickly. I mean, this kid went from high A to double A in no time back in 21. And that's because they're showing that they can pitch at the professional level and, and nothing is phasing them. All right, one thing I am excited about in closing, even though Rob Manfred has had a real rough go of it recently, uh, the pitch clock and the real significant efforts to keep the game moving are going to take effect next year. Vinny's seen a game with the pitch clock. He was impressed. What do you, uh, what do you think? I, I'm with Vinny. I, I totally agree. We need it. It's about time. You know, the guys at the minor league level are used to it. It doesn't phase them. They say it works, and, and I think so, too. But there's too many times, you guys know this, especially here for whatever reason. I'll sit in my seat. I'll look up at the out-of-town scoreboard and go, huh, we started at 640. Those things started at 710. We're the only ones still going. <laughs> Another one of- Give me that clock. Uh, I'm all for it. Uh, like Vic said, I, I went to a handful of fall league games last year where they used it, and I thought it was really cool. Um, now, yep. you don't have the same level of strategy in the fall league that you do during the regular season, so that, that'll that'll even things out a bit. But I, I wanted to ask you about the shift, and I think uh, it, it's a it's a tough situation uh, to really reconcile for me personally. I don't like it. I, I don't like when somebody you know hits the hole and it's right to somebody who's not playing a normal position. Uh, so I get that. But I also have a problem with dictating on how a team can employ their defense against I the don't. hitter when there's that much <laughs> intelligence involved. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Derek? I, I'm I'm not a fan of the shift, and especially you know last night when you see Cattell Marte sting a ball to what it should have been the hole, and there's this player Rovin, you know, and, and throws him out. I, I'm not a fan. Now, when it happens the other way, I'm really thrilled. And I love I love the shift. <laughs> but, but I think overall, look, you, you got to have two players on the left side of second base, two players on the right side and I'm glad we're going to dictate that you can't be you know you got to be on dirt you can't be out in the outfield grass play the game the way it's supposed to be played um, but but I do say while it's in effect learn how to beat the shift you know that uh-huh. frustrates me right and so we do have players now that are trying to hit the ball the other way or put the ball on the ground with a bunt I like seeing that if they're going to give you you know one side or the other of the infield go ahead and try and make them burn for it. But um, I'm glad we're going to get back to the traditional way of playing the game with traditional positions, and we're going to see a little bit more offense, which we need. Yeah, Derek, great stuff. Thanks, Thanks as man. always. And you got to get campaign out to more games. He's been a good luck charm for you guys. So. He's 3-0. We need campaign out yeah, he's, Believe me, I will give him season tickets. He's got him. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, Derek. Give me the pitch clock and give me campaign. <laughs> Have a great weekend. See you, bud.